Transmitting from the lovely little city of Taylor, Texas, you are listening to Plow and Hose, a show dedicated to the joys and challenges of organic backyard gardening in Central Texas. I am your host, Julie Rydell. Welcome to the show. Well, hi there, plant friends. Thank you for joining me again here at the Plow and Hose studio slash backyard patio broadcasting from Taylor, Texas. You know, here in Central Texas, it's been a pretty nice week for us. At least I think so. Um, actually, I'm really trying to remember this past week. It's been kind of a busy, busy week, but I know that we had a couple of days that were pretty overcast and it really absolutely looked like it was going to rain. Um, we had that uh, category one hurricane that made landfall, um, along the Texas coast. And, you know, I I thought that we might get some of that leftover, um, rain, but I don't think that we got any, at least not here in Taylor. Central Texas, seems to always need rain. It's really not all that unusual for us to have drought conditions in mid-September, but, you know, amazingly, I'm really, really surprised that we are not in any sort of drought conditions right now, but I don't know. So far, so good. I would like to have a little rain, getting a little tired of watering, but that's fine. It'll come. And if it doesn't, I'll just keep watering. Springtime is my favorite time of year, but I'm kind of starting to really appreciate September because it is such a great time of year. It's starting to cool down a little bit, and the best part of this time of year is just how really crazy... um, the things that we can plant, we can plant so much stuff right now. And, you know, seriously, we can plant pretty much everything, Um, everything except tropicals and those plants that want a long, hot growing season, like plants like peppers and tomatoes, they like extended periods of hot weather to perform, but um, we've kind of run out of time and we're going to have to wait until next spring to plant those things outside again. But right now, we can plant so much stuff. We can plant artichokes, Asian greens like bok choy, pak choy. We can plant beets, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, carrots, cauliflower, chard. We can plant garlic. We can plant all the cool season greens like kale and collards and mustards. Um, You can also plant kohlrabi if you're into kohlrabi. Now's the time to plant that stuff. We can also plant leeks and lettuce and onions, little green peas, radishes, spinach, and turnips. So I told you it was a really great time to plant all kinds of things in your vegetable garden. If you're interested in hearing more about 
growing broccoli and cauliflower, go over to where you get your podcast and download the September 10th podcast. It's episode number 35. And on that show, I spent a little bit of time going into um, some details of the Brassica family. So go, um, go check that out if you like the broccoli. I tend to plant a whole lot of broccoli since we like it. And I also plant a lot of kale also, but it's the salad greens that are my favorite of all the greens to plant. Spinach and lettuce are both cool season crops and will grow continuously through the fall, winter, and spring. They both grow really well in well-draining soil. So if you have them in your raised bed, just make sure that um, they drain well. And if you put them in the ground, you will definitely need to amend them with some compost, but then also add a couple of handfuls of sand if you um, are going to be planting directly into our black clay soil that we have here in our part of Central Texas. Lettuces have a pretty shallow root system, so the roots aren't going to compete with other plants. So you can um, interplant them between like the rows of your other vegetables in your garden. You can also tuck them into small spots, um, like along the edges or in the corners. But you can also um, put them in containers. Lettuces actually fit really well in um, when planted with flowers in um, pots and other containers. And some of them are... Um, really quite ornamental. They're just so so many different kinds of lettuces and they there's just such a wide variety of them and they can be actually really pretty put in with flowers. Spinach plants have a more extensive root system and they have one primary tap root and their roots can grow much deeper. If a spinach is is happy where it's planted, it can develop a five foot long taproot. So it's n also not likely to compete with shallow rooted plants for nutrients and water. I really like growing salad greens, especially lettuces. I just find it really satisfying to put some seeds out in the garden or in a pot and then just like within a week or so start seeing those little baby greens popping up. And then in just like a couple more weeks, we're able to start harvesting. Lettuces don't need a whole lot of space or soil. So I like to plant seeds in pots by the back door out here on the patio. You know, in the summertime, my pots are full of summer flowers. But when they're done blooming, I like to pull them up and just top off um, those pots with some fresh soil. And then plant some lettuce seeds. I'll also plant lettuce in my regular vegetable beds, but I really like being able to come home at lunch and just walk out to the patio and snip a, a few handfuls of lettuce for a little salad or, you know, clip a few leaves to stick on a sandwich. Those young tender leaves are just 
so good and fresh from the garden. And like I said before, there's just a ton of variety when it comes to lettuce seeds. And fall is a great time to plant lettuce. And I enjoy all the different kinds that you can get. But you can also buy um, lettuce transplants and get a jump start on your lettuce. If you go to the local independent nurseries, you're going to find a lot of different varieties of lettuce seeds and then a few different types of transplants. I'm thinking, I don't know, it's been a, um, it's been a while since I've been uh, to, to the nursery, but I'm thinking it might be a little early for lettuce transplants. I, I didn't notice them at the local box stores. But uh, they should be out pretty soon, so keep an eye out for them. If you decide to get put in some transplants, you need to plan on letting them get established like a week or two after planting. This is going to allow their roots to get comfortable in their new pot or in their new raised bed. And then they will start putting on some new growth. Your transplants, are um, they'll be small. But as they grow, it's going to be tempting to cut off some of the leaves for salads and sandwiches. But just give your transplants a little time before you start picking off the leaves. You just want to keep them from getting too stressed out before they have a chance to get their roots established. There are four basic types of lettuces. Crisphead, butterhead, leaf, and romaine. Iceberg lettuce is the most well-known crisphead lettuce. Crisphead, that's really just like the perfect name. They sound exactly how they are. Um, They're crisp and they have like a neutral bland flavor and they have a really good water content and um, cell structure and they can handle heavier salad dressings like ranch and blue cheese very well, but they aren't known to be as nutritious as some of the darker lettuces. Butterhead lettuces are more delicate. They have soft, smooth leaves and make great salads, and they're often used for lettuce wraps. They have small round heads with lots of loose cup-shaped leaves. Boston and bib lettuces are better heads. But as you're out shopping for seeds and transplants, um, look for buttercrunch. It's a nice variety that grows really well in Central Texas and it's actually pretty easy to find around here. There are also lots of heirloom butterhead lettuces that you can look for. They come in all shapes, not shapes, they come in all shades of green and there's red and speckled varieties. And like I mentioned earlier, they, you know, they can actually be pretty attractive when planted in with some of your flowers. The butterhead lettuces are my favorite lettuce to eat. They stay soft and mild throughout the growing season. They can turn bitter at the end of the growing season, like in April. Um, 
they can get kind of bitter when they start to bolt. When the weather warms up in the springtime, lettuces will get a growth spurt. They start feeling those warmer temperatures and they're like, okay, it's warming up and it's going to be really hot soon. So I better start putting on some flowers and, and get those pollinated and I got to get busy making seeds. And when this happens, they grow a flower stalk really fast. There's just something about the shift from leaf production to flower production that changes the flavor. Um, it increases the bitter compounds in the leaves. To me, it kind of makes sense. The lettuce just does not want to keep, it doesn't want you to keep harvesting and enjoying those leaves. The lettuce is trying to make flowers so it can reproduce and make seeds. It just does not have time to keep making leaves. By amplifying the bitter compounds in the leaves, um, they taste bad, so we're going to stop eating the leaves. Another thing um, that you may not realize is that lettuces also contain latex, and latex is very bitter. Some varieties are more bitter than others, but the butterheads are very mild, and they really don't get bitter until they bolt. Now that it's pretty much fall, we aren't going to have to worry about lettuce, uh, the lettuce bolting anytime soon. It, we have until probably late August, so go ahead and plant some butterhead lettuce in your garden. You are listening to Plant Hose on KBSR Black Sparrow Radio. If you're enjoying my show, I hope you'll go over to www.blacksparrowmusicparlor.com and check out the station and learn about all the great shows and music coming out of our station broadcasting from Taylor, Texas. You, you might find something new, something like QT by DJ Lavelle. There's a calendar on the KBSR website, so, you know, go, go check it out. Maybe you'll find something new. Also, head over to wherever you get your podcasts, like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, if you look up Plow and Hose, please go subscribe to it. If you like the flexibility of being able to play, pause, rewind my show whenever you want, why don't you? download some episodes and leave me a review this is going to help others find the show and downloading plow and host episodes helps provide me with some show statistics one little last bit of business in case you didn't know i have a brand new website www.plowandhose.com i just released it last week so if you are wanting to keep up with what I'm doing or you want a quick link to the radio station or a quick link to my podcast, just go over to plowandhose.com. You can also sign up uh, to receive notifications. So when I make an update to the page, I'll be able to send you an email and let you know. All right. Let's get back to salad greens. I'm really starting to feel like a big nerd because I just can't stop talking about them today. They're just really cool. I don't know. They're so easy to grow. They're good for you. I like growing lettuce. 
Okay, another one of the types of lettuces um, that you can grow are romaine lettuce. It's really quite common. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it. I'm just not going to go into a whole lot of details. You can start them from seed, but you can easily find transplants. Personally, I'm nothing against romaine. I just prefer to buy it at the grocery store and save the garden space for more interesting and unusual lettuces. Um, like leaf lettuces. These lettuces don't form tight or compact heads, but the leaves um, grow loosely around a center crown. The crown is just the center of the lettuce plant, and that's where all the new leaves grow. Leaf lettuces are typically really frilly or roughly, but they can also be flat like the oak leaf lettuces. But no matter what kind of lettuce that you um, you have, they all grow from the center out and the older leaves will be on the outside. And if you, uh, if you want to, you can, they'll get actually pretty big, pretty decent sized. The hardest part about growing lettuce is waiting. You do have to give them a little time to grow out so that you can have um, a nice salad. I like a nice bowl of fresh baby greens. You know, just straight from the garden, rinsed off, dried up pat dry, and just a drizzle of like a mustard vinaigrette is just perfect. That's all I need. With just a few plants, you can have fresh lettuce from fall all through springtime. If you enjoy baby greens like I do, individually cutting the leaves regularly is the way to go. This is called the cut and come again method. This is where you just clip the outside leaves of your lettuce plants all the way around. But be sure to leave the smaller leaves in the center to continue to grow. This center part um, is the crown, and this is where all the new leaves are going to come. Um, they're going to come from. So as long as you leave that center core alone, you will continue to get new growth. All the new growth will just keep coming up through the center. If you want larger leaves, just let them grow a little while um, longer. You know, maybe you want to have nice large leaves for a sandwich or something. You know, just let them grow to the size you want. Those loose leaf lettuces, they can actually get pretty big and individual leaves can be 10 to 12 inches long. Not a big deal. You can just cut them up, tear them up, put those in your uh, salads. The larger you let you your lettuce get, um, the more crunch is um, the more crunch they will have, but you have to keep them watered. Butterhead lettuces can be grown as um, full heads of lettuce. So instead of taking individual leaves from the outside, just let the whole thing grow until it's probably you know the size of a small plate. And then you can just pull it up or cut it off at the base. If you harvest the full head, it's not going to grow back. But if you stagger your planting over a couple weeks, so you plant some this week, 
and then the next week you come back in and plant some more seeds, you can grow and harvest full heads over the course of the entire growing season. September is a great time to divide perennials. Perennials are those plants that come back year after year. Some, some stay green year round, and then others have leaves and stems that die back to the ground, but they always return from the base in the spring. Maybe you have a perennial plant that is crowding out other plants or it's just outgrown its space. If you have a perennial plant that's gotten too big, it probably would benefit from dividing. Now, dividing is just the easiest thing in the world to do and it's I find it really satisfying too. Dividing is just simply splitting the plant in half or thirds or if it's really, really big, even fourths. Splitting up a plant that's oversized will help keep your plants healthy and looking their best. When a plant gets too big, it can slow down its bloom production. When you divide a plant, you'll stimulate it to put on new growth and new flowers. Oversized plants can grow and grow, but eventually the older parts of the plants start to die out because their roots are overcrowded. And when this happens, it usually starts in the center and it's likely to be that original plant that you put in the ground. When this happens and you have a dead center, it's not a good look. I mean, you know, perennials aren't like people. People can walk around and look fine, and, but they're totally dead on the inside and you just never know. September is a really good time to divide and split up plants because um, it's getting cooler and it's also a great time um, because it reduces heat stress and transplant shock. Heat stress is just what it sounds like. Intense sun and heat can zap a plant. They can usually recover with some temporary shade and extra watering. Transplant shock is a little different. It happens at planting time. And it's actually an issue with the roots getting damaged when moving it from one location to another. Sometimes it's because the roots aren't mature enough. Like when moving seedlings from a pot to the ground. Or you damage the tap root when digging it up. Have you ever bought a plant and you put it in a new pot or in the ground and the next day you look at it and it seems awful? It seems worse than it did before. It looks like completely wilted and kind of depressed looking. That's probably transplant shock. Most of the time plants recover quickly just within a few days but sometimes they just die and has to do with the roots and they weren't able to um, recover. Also, some plants just really don't like to be transplanted. They only want to be planted directly into the soil and then never moved again. Fall is a great time to divide those perennials. 
we have enough time for the roots to recover without that brutal heat and sun of the summertime. They will have a chance to focus on reestablishing their roots and by summer, by springtime, we will have nice, happy roots and those plants can focus on all the parts that are above ground. You're gonna have nice sized plants in the springtime and then they'll be able to start focusing on new flowers and blossoms. Dividing is just so, so easy. All you really need is a garden fork. Just take your fork and poke it in the ground at the base of the plants and then just wiggle the earth around the plant, wiggle it back and forth and back and forth to loosen the soil. Pull that fork out and then do this all, go all the way around the base of your plant, go all the way around and just take the fork and poke it at an angle and then lift the plant out of the ground. It may take a few tries at different angles, but you'll be able to lift it out depending on how dense the plant is you can either use your fork to go through the top of the plant and then just wiggle it and split it apart if it's too thick you could use a shovel to kind of like stab it and cut through it or you could use like a hori hori knife that would be cool you could just use a shovel and dig it up um, that could be a little more difficult to separate the plant because it's just more dense and there's just a lot more dirt to deal with. But, you know, do a little research on your perennials before you try to divide them. Some plants are just more temperamental. If you are careful, you'll have a lot of success and fewer failures caused by root damage. But to me, the best part of dividing perennials is that you get more plants that you can put somewhere else in your garden or you can share plants with other people. Plant friends love getting free plants and I'll speak for myself. I get a lot of satisfaction from sharing too. You know, being mid-September and we're still having high 80s kind of 90s sometimes upper 90 temperatures as weird and counterintuitive as it might feel right now if you want spring wildflowers like red corn poppies or blue bonnets or spring blooming bulbs like paper whites and daffodils and tulips and hyacinths you got to start thinking about them now both the wildflower seeds and the spring bulbs need to be in the ground no later than Thanksgiving. So first things first, start looking around your yard and find the perfect spot for those spring blooms. For wildflower seeds, you want a spot that drains well and gets eight hours of sun. And you want to pick a spot that you can um, water. You can set up a water hose or something in case we don't really get enough rain between now and early spring. If you envision a pretty big wildflower patch, you need to plan on improving the soil and removing some of the vegetation. All those patches of blue bonnets that you see on the roadside, they aren't competing with turf grass. 
like we have in our yard. So if you want blue bonnets in your yard, you're going to have to do some prep. And that means tearing up some grass. Turf grass is great because it grows really thick and dense and a happy lawn will be very thick. So, so dense that most of the large weeds can't even get established. Blue bonnets have a decent sized seed, like the size of a split pea or a dried lentil. So they are going to need to be in contact with the soil and somewhat covered with dirt in order to germinate. You are going to have to be okay with tearing up a bit of the lawn so that you can get your blue bonnets to germinate. If you have blue bonnets or St. Augustine grass, but you want wildflowers, plan on borrowing a rototiller and tearing up some of that grass. I know a whole lot of people would be horrified at running a tiller through a section of their pretty lawn. I'm not one of those people. I don't have a perfectly manicured lawn. I just don't get excited about grass. I mean, grass is really good for kids and pets, but to me, they're a lot of work, especially here in Texas where you gotta water them all the time and then you gotta mow them all the time and you gotta weed eat and all of that if you want them to look really good. I'd much rather have flowers and food than grass. I mean, it is technically edible, but who does that? Nobody does that. Nobody goes and eats grass. No, they don't. I hope they don't. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to spend a lot more time next week talking about spring blooming flowers. So bulbs and seeds and trees. So it's going to be flowers, 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 nothing but spring flowers. Fall is the best time to plant all these. So start thinking about those flowers and what you would love to add to your garden this fall so that you can see them in the spring. Do a little research. Get a Texas wildflower guide. You know, look up southern bulbs. Figure out where you're going to put all these pretty flowers and then we'll visit next time. Thank you for joining me again today. I hope you guys have another great week.